Hey, what's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Hello, hello, hello. What's going on? It's a uh, Friday night somewhere. So welcome to the Unfiltered Experience with myself, Christopher Rausch, and soon to be Mr. Scott Goyette. He is having a technical difficulty with his computer system right now. So anyways, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here. It's Friday night, 5 p.m. here at Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. As always, we are here bringing you guys the unfiltered conversations that are designed to expand your horizons, expand your perspectives about what it is that you can do and change about your confidence level right now. So tonight we're planning on having an amazing experience right now. If you notice, I don't have the same normal backdrop as I normally do. And I happen to be out camping. I happen to be out camping. So uh, I happen to be out camping and Scott happens to be in Austin, Texas. What's up, brother? Scott, how are you doing tonight? So, you know why? Do you know what just happened? Our house just got hit by lightning. There's hail. It just started insane, dude. The whole thing, the, how all the lights, listen to it. It's, it's this, this hail whacking our windows. It's, it's crazy. It's coming down aggressively right now. So, that's what's going on in Austin. Um, yeah. This is, this is crazy. I'm just hoping that, oh, man, I wish I moved my car. It's, oh, dude. It's why your car might, your you, car might get hit by lightning. Oh, no, get oh, destroyed hail by hail. If I move it, if I move it ten feet over, it's under a tree. If I leave it where it is right oh. now, it's out in the open, just getting pounded by hail. We'll go move it. Um, I'll, I'll I'll do ad lib for ten minutes. Yeah, do that for like two seconds. Let me just check my car real quick. Hold it. It just came out of nowhere. Hold go, go check your car, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. That's what we do here on the Unfiltered Experiences. We take opportunities like this to make sure that our cars are safe in the event of a hailstorm. That's what's going on right now. So Scott just got a nice new car, so he wants to make sure it's taken care of. So here I am camping in Paso Robles, California. And um, I was going to tell the story with Scott here, but in order just to have fun and just to talk about what's going on. So we bought a new RV. So we're out here camping. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's a lot of fun. It's a beautiful RV. Uh, we had one before, and it was um, 16 years old. And it was like, okay, it's kind of okay. time to change it out and everything else. So... So we wound up buying this RV. So we're out here doing this camping thing. Like I texted Scott last night. Um, my dumbass, I'm like normally towing a, a trailer that's 27 feet. This one is 34 feet. And when the little gas thing was saying, like, Chris, you have like 60 miles uh, left of your gas and your destination's 30 miles. I'm like, okay, I got extra gas. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to get to my campsite. And then I can hook up my trailer and I can go get gas. Those calculations change, ladies and gentlemen. So as I was going up a hill, my gas mileage went from like, like 13.2 to four point something or other. And the calculation changed really quick. And then I looked on my little uh, ways app and I realized there was no gas station for 22 miles. And I had 13 miles worth of gas left. That 13 miles of gas changed to five miles of gas. And that five miles of gas changed to zero. I'm pulling a 34 foot parachute behind my truck with my family inside, praying to God, universe, source, to my spirit guides, everybody, I'm like, 
ladies and gentlemen, please get my family to this place. I'm a good person. I put great energy out into the world every single fucking day. Get my family here. Boom. I'm just telling this story, Scott, because I, I, I turned me off. Uh, so, so, unfortunately, I have an awesome wife, and I have an awesome son, and we play games, and we, like, joked around about stuff like that. We call it AAA. I'm a AAA member since, like, 1993. That shit went sideways. And all of the experience, Scott, I just kept having to, to apply everything we teach in our group coaching program, everything that I teach, everything that you teach. I kept having to say, you know what? This is the situation right now. We're safe. Right across the street, we had lights, and I'm like, we're going to get out of here. It's going to be fine. Who shows up? There's actually, this is God's honest truth. We're sitting, we're sitting in the truck. It's cold outside. My wife sees a CHP officer going back the other, the other side of traffic. And she's like, oh, that cop's going to come over here and help us. You'll appreciate this, Scott. I'm like, what? I don't want a cop over here. I've already had a couple of drinks. I'm like, uh-uh, no, no, no. And all of a sudden, sure enough, I go outside the truck because I want to make sure I wasn't in the vehicle. Sure enough, a cop shows up. She's like, do you guys need some help? And I'm like, no, officer. My wife's like, no, we do. She gets in the back of the sheriff's car, doesn't even say boo or bye to anybody, gets in there like a valiant sail, say, savior, and psh, off she goes. And I'm like, wow, wow. We just, that's what we do is we jump into action and we change the trajectory of what it is that we're doing because we become a resourceful. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight, Scott. So I would love for love you it. to introduce our guests so we can, we can get into that conversation as well. Okay, so again, so here's the scoop. Uh, my electricity could go out again. Um, our guest is actually in a different part of Austin, but uh, he might be getting this soon as well. So we literally just had felt like our house got hit. All the electricity went on, popped back on. We're getting hail. The trees are sideways. It's incredible. So think of that. We've got something like weather that's so powerful, and it's literally changing the trajectory of everything right now in our neighborhood. This next guest is somebody who on his own merit has done so many amazing, amazing, amazing things. And when you and I talk about resiliency and how do we work through things and how do we get from point A to point B when everything feels like it's against us? And I know our Unfiltered Crew family all understands this. There's days where you're just saying, I just can't anymore. This guest is the epitome of stop saying I just can and realize every something, every time you think something is taken away from you and that that was your gift, you think, hey, you know what? Um, this person was taken away from me. This job was taken away from me, this opportunity. And you think there's nothing left. The universe, God, creator source is removing something from your way for something bigger to come. And this guest had everything. He's the son of one of the most amazing professional football players to ever play the game. But that's not what makes him great. He's a phenomenal football player himself and a track athlete and all of the above. But that is not what makes him great. What makes him great is what he's going to share today. Because after all the things that you apply to his identity that you think make him great, oh no, he found it himself when all those things were taken away from him. Please welcome my beautiful friend, Tyler Campbell. Come on, Tyler, where are that you? That has got to be... <laughs> One of the dopest introductions. If dopest isn't well, a word, I don't care. It's one Tyler. now. Oh. And by the way, the three the, I came in and these two had red shirts on, and I ran in the other room. I'm like, do I even own a red shirt? Oh, we lost Chris for a moment. He'll be back. So, so jump in, Tyler. We want to hear all about you, hey. but but I, I I had to get the red shirt. So 
Listen, you were right. Listen, I mean it, bro. I felt, I'm, I'm, I felt like Rocky coming out of the ring. Listen, I'm an '80s baby, so I, I, you know, what I'm still, I'm still growing up watching Sly Stallone. You know what I'm saying? I'm feeling like, I feel like I'm coming in the ring, baby. That was, that was. I'm, I'm tempted to ask you to do it again. I'll do it again. I'll do it again. I'm messing hey, with. Hold you. on a second. Let's do this. There's so much good stuff we're going to talk about right now. Yes. You're going to need to come back on the show again, and we're going to keep it tight because we got people going away on a Memorial Day weekend. So I'm going to do an even better one. I'm going to listen to that. I'm going to up the ante. The next time you're in the show, I might or might not have a Rocky theme song in the background, and I might get a little more serious with it. I might have a hood. I might be running upstairs. I might do this outside, but we'll see. I know that's right. I know that's right. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Listen, I'm ready to rock so we can roll, brother. Y'all, y'all just y'all just tell me where you are. It's lightning flashing on my end too, and, and the hail is falling, my mom, my wife said. So I it's get coming. it. It's coming. I get it. That's all right. We got something for the people tonight, so it's all good. So let's start. Let, let's start at the beginning. How you 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 you're a young kid and your dad is Earl Campbell. Because you know, let, let's let's move past that quickly, but let's start there. Your dad's Earl Campbell. Everyone's saying, oh, you got to be like your dad. You got to be an amazing athlete. You know, you're thrown into sports. You're supposed to. What does that look and feel like? Because, I, I mean, even somebody who just has a, you know, the older brother and the younger brother, and you're just on the varsity team, there's that competition, there's that expectation, or you like your brother. What is it like to come into this world playing at Westlake High School, being an athlete, and it's like, oh, you're Earl Campbell's kid? Yeah. What does that look and even feel like? I think um, I'm gonna be honest. I, I feel like the the world made it a bigger deal than my my own household did. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes I, you know, in, in, within my home, my parents were very much in tuned with you trying to figure out and navigate your own path. My dad did not even want us to play football. Um, honestly, I felt more pressure coming as a younger brother to my brother, who was a, a phenomenal athlete, than anything else. Okay. Uh, so for me, I think the best lesson in the rule of thumb that changed my life was learning from my father. If you quit at one thing, you'll quit at everything. And that is a vivid memory. I can't tell you how old I was. I know I wasn't more than six for sure. But when I look back over my childhood, it is the most pivotal moment that I ever learned. My dad said, if you quit at one thing, you'll quit at everything for the rest of your life. Don't quit. Just finish. It's like, don't quit, just finish. And, and in my early years, I was not what my father and my brother were. They were athletic. I was not. Everything for me, sports-wise, Scott and Christopher, man, it was difficult. It was hard to come by. I was trash at sports. It was life showing me at an early age that it's going to be difficult for you. So just get used to it. And just accept the fact that things are hard. Once you know that something is hard, like I found out that it kind of like sets you free. Like, okay, I accept the fact that this is hard. This is difficult. I'm going to have to go about things. I'm going to have to stay longer. I have to arrive early. This is just my life. And then it becomes a rhythmic routine for you. That's what I started to understand. But what I didn't get out of it was that life was teaching me something way greater and way bigger than sports. And it wouldn't come for me to understand that until skies really and truly t- started to fall in my life. You see, when everything starts to fall apart, you, you hit on your core values as to who you are as a person. Yeah. And um, I was learning that my core values far superseded athletics to me. Um, and, and so that's kind of what my childhood was like. It was like, bro, it was the first time my brother picked up a football, he scored an 80-yard touchdown run. 
He was second in the state at the 200 as a sophomore. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then Earl had accomplished what he had accomplished. Tyler was not that. I couldn't even dance, bro. So it's like, <laughs> hey, I'm at Westlake High School. It's only a few brothers in the whole entire school. I can't sing, I can't dance, and then you can't, you ain't good at sports, like, bruh, like, like go, go, come on now, come on <laughs> it's now. Not, Life isn't fair, you're like, go on, time off. <laughs> so, so, so I love what you're saying because everybody just went through that this year. They went through 2020 and they went through that deepening to figure out what are my values, who am I? Like, you know, how do I live a life of integrity? How do I have that heart-mind alignment? And so you were living that and building up and this is such a great opportunity for people like you to be the leaders for all of us coming out of 2020 because we're sitting here we sat in a space and we said do i like myself who am i i'm home i'm still home i'm still home i'm still in the same place i can't go do things and we were stuck up here and some people didn't like it let's talk to people about because you, you were in situations where you finally built yourself up. You're finally like, okay, I'm doing all these things. And bam, let's talk about that story. Because you told me, and I was sitting actually in the room above when you told me, and we talked for like two hours because everything you have to say is nothing short of beautiful. Yeah, so you know, piggybacking off of what I talked about, and, and this is, man, 2020 was such a big learning curve for me and a, a lot of lessons that were learned, I'm sure, for people, and a lot of heartache and a pain for a lot of people, myself included. Um, but for me, I, you know, not being successful at what I wanted in the way that I dreamed it in my mind um, on the exterior, what I didn't understand that was on the interior, the man up above was creating his own superhero when it came to adversity. But sometimes life is working for you when you can't even see it. And that's the hard part, right? It's working for you, but we are human beings. We think with, with sight. You see, vision propels you when eyesight fails you. You feel me? And so it was the vision of what I wanted in life. I couldn't see how it was going to get there, um, but it was what propelled me with what I couldn't see. You know what I'm saying? And so I knew that I wanted a college degree. You know what I'm saying? I knew that I didn't want, to want my parents to pay for my school. Um, I didn't exactly know how it was going to work out, but if I never quit, I gave life a chance to work for me behind the scenes. That's that's what my mantra was. So, I, you know, you get to Westlake High School. I'm a year behind everybody else. So puberty wise, your boy was behind. I was a late bloomer. When I got to high school, I was 13 turning 14. OK, so I was behind. But for whatever reason, things started to peak for me. I was terrible at athletics. I made varsity as a sophomore. From there at Westlake High School was a powerhouse. Drew Brees, Nick Foles. Uh, Sam Elliott, all these famous people have come through my high school. So it's a powerhouse, right? Great expectations. And then my junior year, I became the starter. And before I know it, colleges started to roll in. Mind you that this young man was the young man who got everything that he wanted out of the mud. He had to stay late. He had to put in the extra hours, whereas things became easier for people who were athletically gifted. I wasn't. I knew that I had to grind for whatever I wanted athletically. But I was teaching myself to work. And so by the time junior year hits, I'm getting mail. Like the kid who was terrible at sports is now getting mail from Notre Dame, uh, Arizona, Arizona State, Texas, Texas A&M, uh, um, uh, Missouri, LSU. And I didn't know how to handle success. So we got the work ethic down, but internally 
your boy was broken because when success came, because I was never that person who I thought would find success. I just want to put my head down and work. When success came, I didn't know how to handle that. And so I got caught for underage drinking um, uh, at Austin High High School here when I was 16 years old. I was a minor. I consumed alcohol. And on top of all that, I was on the school campus, 16 years old, the token athlete. Remember what I told you, uh, one of the few African-Americans, black people at my school. So while the game was going on, police officers that smelled alcohol on my breath when I walked in, they came to where I was at midcourt in the top of the bleachers. They pointed to me, came up to the stands, pulled me out of the stands in front of everybody. Everybody knew who I was. The game was going on in front of a sold out crowd and my life was forever changed because I didn't understand. I wasn't ready. I was getting mine on the field, but off of it, I wasn't prepared mentally on how to handle success. And that proved to be my biggest downfall. So I was work, 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 look up, got success, don't know how to receive it. And it may not even be success for you. Maybe it's love. Maybe it's you finding the person that you've always longed for in your life. You've always hoped. But then that person gets to you and you've been working so hard to hopefully find that person when you present it. You don't know how to receive it. So you step out of your relationship or like, man, you, 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 um, you do things, you're yelling, you scream because of your past experience. But then when you got this beautiful gift, you don't know how to receive it. And so, gentlemen, I didn't know how to receive. I didn't know how to receive the reward from working for something. That makes sense. Um, I made that mistake because I was sent to alternative school. Um, I missed my entire junior year. I was the number two running back prospect in the entire state of Texas at that time. As a junior, um, Adrian Peterson was number one who's still playing the National Football League to this day. He was number one, head above heels where I was, right? But I was number two. And I knew that I was going to get a scholarship. But now here I am. I'm in the alternative education system just like that. And I remember reading a letter from Notre Dame, and it was when Tyrone Willingham was there. First opportunity to ever have a black head coach was what was going on in my, in my mind. Maybe uh, get a degree from Notre Dame. Like, you get a degree from Notre Dame, it's over. And uh, I'm sitting in the alternative system and I'm reading these letters because the medals would come over by mail. And I'm reading these. and I'm like, how in the world am I going to get out of the alternative system to make this thing still happen for me? And that was that was my life at at 16. I'd embarrassed my family. Um, my mother and father came from poverty. My, my mother and father are first generation college students. So their whole mantra was give their babies something that they never experienced growing up. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what it was like to live with 11, 11 other brothers and sisters with the dad not being present. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't know what it was like to come from that poverty. My parents did. And so they put everything. And when I understood that in the, in the system, y'all, it, it really broke me. It broke me. And sometimes you have to be broken so rebuilding in your life internally can start to take place. My healing began in the midst of my brokenness as a human being. The suck part is, man, why, I, I, we talked about this, Scott. I wish I would have got that before. Why is it that at times we got to be broken so that we can rebuild and like be able to see life through a clear lens? Um, so what I get angry at myself at to this day is why did it take all of that? You know what I'm saying? Why couldn't you just do right? And, and, and I remember those things moving forward. So you're talking about you're talking about somebody who had it and then had the, the fall. So had the fall. So you're, you're like, I love where you're going with all this. And, and, and I enjoyed this conversation the first time and I'm joining it again. Mm -hmm. one, one of the things that I, and I know you, you, you'll resonate with this. Yeah. 
we know people who played in the NFL. We have friends who are, you know, in the NFL or been in the NBA or, you know, we have friends like that. I often, when you meet those people, you can feel there's an air, like they, they know that they're great at what they're great at and they only know how to be great. They don't know how to be a human. So they don't know how to sit there and if the person at Whole Foods and say, hey, how's your day going? Because there's a, there's an eliteness to them. They've always been in service. They've always like been receiving. And for somebody like you or I, that receiving piece is hard because while we can look at the game and maybe understand the game, we've got to work our butts off to make those shots or, or to run a little faster in the 40 or to make the right cuts or to cover the guy on defense or work in the footwork. That doesn't come natural, but we get the game. We see the big picture. So one of the things that I think is super crucial is just imagine if we didn't have that friction and we became one of those people who received too easy. Because when we go out and we're teaching and we're talking to people, the reason our voice is heard so loud and clear is because we understand that person. We can say, man, this is how I got this. It wasn't easy. And so we're struggling in the same struggle. We're just in a place where we have, you know, soapbox to, to preach off or, and that's really all it is. So, so many times I'm like, well, what if I didn't break my ankle? What if I was a little better? What if I wasn't a jerk? What if I said this? What if I, it, it, you know what? You and I both know it's all bull crap. Mm -hmm. Exactly where we're supposed to be at the right time, the right way. And it's just perfect. Chris, you got any thoughts? Cause when you hear what, um, what Tyler's going to say next when he tells his the rest of his story, it's it's uh, it's beautiful. Any questions or thoughts from? Yeah, yeah. When I think about what we're talking about right now, I think about the conversation that you and I have had so many times, Scott, is about what is our best. And the thing that I think about you, Tyler, is like what caused you to rise above what most would you consider best or define your I think what Chris, Chris said, could you hear him? Uh, yeah, Chris, can you say it one more time? One more time, it broke up. Oh, sorry, yeah. <clears throat> We're on campground Wi-Fi. What do you consider to be your best? Like when you think about what you're gonna do to, to achieve what you wanna do, what is your best and how do you define that? Yeah, for me, it's, it's, it's my best comes when, when I know I'm doing something and it's, uh, like I can do it when there's no reward attached to it, Christopher. Like it's it's relentless passion, energy, and drive, and consistency to me. And and people will understand why those things are when you learn more about like being able to do those things because it goes against the grain of what what people can do with what with what goes on internally with me. And so my best is my approach to do something with a standard of commitment and energy and passion and drive to it. When I'm doing those things, regardless of what is going to happen at the end of it, and I, I'm talking about like do those things even if no money is attached to it, because some people are thinking logically with dollar signs, right? We, we've all been hurt financially a lot through this mess. What I'm saying is your best when you can do it, when it is not affiliated with money and it becomes engraved into your soul and in your spirit, because that's who you are as a man or as a woman. When you've touched that moment, that's when you're operating at your best. And watch this, when you're doing it, it becomes less about you. You have a mantra of selflessness instead of selfishness. So in your best, it makes the people around you, <laughs> your wife, your kids, uh, that dude who you can't stand as your neighbor next door, 
He can't touch you or figure out what's going on with you, even when you are at your best. That's how I would define it um, for, for me, Christopher. That's that's the that's the goal for my day. 20, 24 seven, the, the 24 hours I got, it is trying to operate in that window. That that is literally it. I, I don't have a bunch mm. of bullet points, things to get done on my list, because I know if I approach it, everything on that list will take care of itself anyway. But if my approach isn't right and if I'm not operating that, it ain't going to get done. Yeah, it won't. It won't. We, we speak this so often here. We, what I define, I always say, once you find your brilliance. And so really what it is, is once your spark, once you ignite that spark and that spark, the flame is your brilliance. Once you actually recognize that brilliance, that flame never goes out. And so you, you just nailed it. We, we, Chris and I coach people to get to this space. We coach them to, you know, click, 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 get that spark. And then once you sit and you're staring at that flame, you recognize that's your brilliance. And once you have that, you bring that everywhere with you. The result doesn't matter because you're living it. You're in the moment. And so imagine this. Let's just do this together collectively with everybody who's watching the show right now. Yeah. Everybody organically is on autopilot without assistance. So in other words, I went to first grade. What happens? You go to second grade. You go to third grade. It's all taken care of for you. So we do all these things and some of us might do a little better. I got A's, eventually I got the scholarship, eventually I got the better job, eventually I'm the manager. So now we think we're our own person. No, yeah. you're, on, you're on autopilot, you're just a better slave to the system. You're mm. a higher level slave to the system. Mm. Now watch this, the minute that spark happens and you recognize your brilliance, the slavery system, the system of slavery of humanity ends. So if every single person on this planet is inspired enough yeah. to say, I'm infinitely possible, I can do anything, I'm a beautiful being way beyond this human container, the minute we do that, can you imagine what this world looks like? You know, we talk about in different religions, whatever heaven, we can have heaven on earth because now God given, creator given, universe given, you know, it's what you and I are feeling or Chris is feeling. I know because because we I want to run around the universe hugging people, staring in their eyes and going, spark, give me your spark, give me your spark. And then once it keeps happening, the whole world elevates their vibration to a different level where we all want to share our brilliance instead of squelch it to keep people in these slave spaces so certain people can make more money. Oh, that's beautiful, man. Yeah, so, that's beautiful. So let's talk about your rise. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm saying the same thing you would say. I've talked to you enough. I know. So here you are, West yeah. High School. You're at Austin High School. You're at a basketball game. Get busted for drinking like every other kid in America did. But Everybody. because of your name and because of who you are, someone wants to make an example. You're in the alternative program. How do you go? Tell us a little bit about this process. How do you go from sitting there saying it's over? Because there's people right now going, I'm not good enough. It's over for me. How could I possibly be anything? How do you go from that space where tons of people have been in that system who are either not alive, had a horrible experience? Life is not good after that because they define themselves as that. What did you do for, to get from there to here? And let's talk about the ups and downs along yeah. the way. So it got worse. And, and it, so it didn't get better. It got worse. Um, I started to reflect back on who I wanted to be at my core, 
My father made me call every single Division One college coach who recruited me to tell them that I just got in trouble and popped and I was in I was in the alternative system now. I didn't have to do that. But my dad wanted to teach me integrity and character as a man. He could give a dang about athletics and everything. What he knew was he had a son who made a mistake and I need to get his character right now because life is only going to present greater hardship as he goes. So if I don't prepare my baby now, life will break him. Life will break him at a moment when I'm not there to help lift him, if that if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Remember, I told you my dad's dad died on him very young, so he needed to pay it forward to his children to be there. For when he wanted and reached out a hand, dad wasn't there. So he wasn't going to make this same mistake. So I called every coach. And some coaches would say, why are you even telling me this? And it was like I was I, I literally felt I was speaking my future away. When I, when I got out of the system, got reacclimated to, to Westlake, my senior year, great, great year. We reached the semifinals to state. We're almost there. We win. When I walk out, um, I've lost every single scholarship that I've had. I remember leaving my finals my senior year at the semester. Baylor University was the last scholarship I had. And the coach from Baylor, I called him to commit in the parking lot of Westlake High School. I said, I'm ready to come to Baylor. And he said, Tyler, you're not going to believe this. Four hours ago, we had a running back to commit, and he took the last scholarship. We don't have any available for you. So I went from having numerous scholarships, college paid for, to walking out of Westlake High School, a school where kids are going to Harvard, Yale. Um, I was the token athlete, and I walk out with absolutely nothing. But I recognize what I learned in the system, which was I have a vision for what I want out of life. And I had learned to, to block out what other people thought about who I was and what I was. And I had changed my character over the course of four months. So I said, my life is, again, hard like it was when I was 12. That scenario hasn't changed. Now life was going to test every might of my will to see if I understood what my walk in life was about. So I said, it's going to be hard. But I have a vision to get to college. So I had to humble myself and I was through a dart and landed around Pasadena, California. There was a junior college in Pasadena, California called Pasadena City College. I ended up going to junior college at Pasadena City College. Everybody laughed, but I had a vision. And I knew that my character was right and I wanted to prove that to my mother and my father that they didn't make a mistake. I get to Pasadena City College, my mother tells me when, the, when she drops me off at the plane for Southwest, she says, don't come back to Texas till you have your degree. I said, okay. I get hurt the second game of the season at Pasadena City College. Entire season with a shoulder injury. I'm out in California, I don't have friends, I don't have family like that, that are there in the core, just my teammates. I'm out there by myself. That's why I tell people, you know, depression and anxiety are not just things you talk about. They're not just figments, especially in my community, because I come from a community amongst minority people of color where it's always like what goes on in this house stays in this house. Mm -hmm. You don't wear your heart on your sleeve. You don't carry emotions. We've got to be strong all the time. There's always. And then so when somebody gets broken and they try to pour out their brokenness to other people, oftentimes it's rejected. And I experienced anxiety and depression for my very first time because football was taken away from me. I put all my eggs in that basket of football. What happens when it got taken away? And I crumbled. I wanted to give up. I wanted to go home. But my dad, I called my dad. My dad was like, son, a camel never does what? I said, a camel never quits. 
He said, why does a Campbell quiver never quit, son? He said, because if you quit at one thing, you'll quit at everything. Nothing has changed since you were young, son. It's the same life and it's the same principle. I get back, I start rehabbing my shoulder to get ready for the next year. I started calling colleges saying, hey, I'm coming back. I, I got good grades. I, I'm learning. I, I'm going to be there. I'm going to get ready for this next season. I put my body into overdrive. I learned that I could work out hard internally for myself without having a coach or other teammates to push me. I learned that I could build my own resilience and character from within to work for whatever it was that I wanted. Not just football, y'all. This was academics. This was being a better friend. This was being a better teammate. This was I started tutoring my own team, my, my cats from my school um, that I lived with. They were from inner city New Orleans. So they had seen cats. My, my one of my one of my two roommates had, had so, a cousin so Tyler, died. Tyler, 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 Tyler. Yeah. How, Tyler. Yeah. How did you do that? What, what, were, what were the steps that you took to make that happen? Because that's what we want for the viewers to be able to walk away from yeah. the listeners listening to this. What specific steps did you take to make that happen? I said to myself, if, if, if I could write my own story and if I could prepare myself for one day having children, what type of story do I want to leave behind for them? It wasn't about Tyler. It was never about Tyler. It was about leaving things better than the way that they were found. And what type of story do I want to write for, 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 for others, for, for, for somebody else who thought that their life was over? It wasn't about me. It was about like leaving things better literally than the way that they were found. And I, and I started to think about that. And then it became a heart of service. It became a heart of trying to help other people graduate. Because I wanted that journey to change for their family in New Orleans. They were first generation college students. I saw what it did for my family, for my mother and father. So they had that opportunity, football or not. And you notice that when you serve for other people, man, y'all let this marinate on your cerebellum. You'll notice that when you help other people, there is an energy, a love and a drive that comes from when you do stuff for yourself. And I can't explain it, Scott, maybe you and Christopher can but there's something that comes into your system and it like makes you crave that, makes you want that. It makes you like just just be ignited. I have no idea what that's called. I would think that we're all human beings. It's called love. It's that that love. It's love. It's connection. If we're all energy, the minute that we connect in energy with another being that amplifies that energy. So like. When you and I, you know, met each other, and we're like, yep. now, how did Mike not bring us together before this? You know, like you get excited. I just had somebody that you've got to meet, Tyler, and you're going to meet too, Chris, that I, I spoke to today that had the same thing. Like, you're just like, oh, my God, like, wh where, where is this? Like, when that starts connecting and we have that, like, infusion of all these people in the same vibration, it's, it's intense. It's why we're here. It's we're hey, here man. to create. Scott, my, my roommate's name is Jamal Walton. We are best of friends. Learned so much from him. He said, Tyler, you were the first person to ever take me into a library. You told me that. I love this story. He had never had somebody to teach him inner city New Orleans school exactly how to study. So he always thought he couldn't study. He always, like the phobia of walking into the classroom was like, we don't do that. Nobody had ever just taken him into the library. Like, yo, this is where, you know what I'm saying? And, and pick a nice spot. We, we study here. And, and for him to get his report card, bro, you talking about like 
And it was nothing more than somebody just taking out time. And I forget, I think we, we forget how valuable time for somebody like to hit. We got so much stuff on our shoulders. When you take the time to let somebody get it out, not towards you, but just get it out. And then they get it out. Then you can work through something. Mm. Um, sometimes I just feel like we, I don't know. We, we take, just give someone your time yep. that is deserving of your time. Safe Everybody's space. deserving of your time. Give them a safe space. And give them yep. a safe space with no judgment. You'd be surprised. I was surprised. I'm not a good tutor, I, but my man, my man just, just had somebody to give him time. And he walked out of a degree later with, from Clark Atlanta University in Atlanta, Georgia. So awesome. Point, point blank. So my, my reward, that's what, so Scott, what Scott's trying to get to Christopher is what happened. So what happened was my life works for you when you can't see life working for itself. Just be you and operate in that. I only played six quarters of junior college football, Christopher. Out walks a coach that sprint, that summer before practice, before the season starts in August. We're doing seven on seven drills. Out walks a coach with the letters SDSU on his shirt. I've always loved California. I love San Diego State University. Why? Because In-N-Out Burger was not far from campus and there was an ocean straight down the eight west freeway that took you directly to the beach. You, you hear what I'm saying? I, I wanted, they had kids who had long boards. You, cats would, would tote their surfboards to class. I had seen all of that. I had read all of that. I wanted to wear red and black. It was my favorite color scheme. Out walks a coach with the letters SDSU on his chest, stood for San Diego State University. That day in seven on seven drills, I caught every single pass thrown my way. Four weeks from that day, I had a, uh, excuse me, a week after that day, I had a scholarship, a full ride scholarship from San Diego State University. And four weeks from that day, my grandpa came and got me in the RV that you are in, Chris, and we drove down to, uh, to San Diego State University from Pasadena City College. I had a full ride offer off of only playing six quarters, six quarters of junior college football. My academic advisor from Pasadena City College is now uh, striving to be a dean at a university in California. His name is Michael McClellan. And I said, Mr. McClellan, has anybody you've ever worked with in the junior college system ever gotten a scholarship after only playing six quarters of a sport? He said, Tyler, still to this day, you're the only one. And the main, the reason why I got my, here's life. This is life, y'all. This is why it works for you when you don't see it. My scholarship became vacated because there was a young man who had gotten in trouble for drinking and drugs and they released his scholarship. So that became open. That was my life. Somebody got my scholarship the year prior or two years prior. Mm-hmm. So like man above has a sense of humor. I tell people, yo, I don't think God, I don't think God be up there throwing it down. I think my man has a real life sense of humor. But the catch is, do you look through the different lens of life to be able to see it and catch it with the hints along? All I knew was don't quit and try to serve and try to help. And if you give, life will provide what you need in return. I just I just believe that. But I know it sucks, Christopher. I know it's hard as heck. I know it ain't fair. I know you're going to cross some tears and all of that. And I know you're going to struggle. And I know that you will be pushed to the brink of giving it all up. Please don't believe I'm saying it. It's like it's easy because that's not what I'm saying. Um, but that's I just did worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. There you go. Talk about it, Christopher. It's worth it. You said something earlier. You said a quote. No, I want to bring that back. 
because it summarizes everything. You said um, vision, you know, is the sight and your eyes lie. What mm-hmm. was it? Yeah, I said, I said, vision propels you when eyesight fails you because with our sight, we can only see so far. There's a, there's a, there's a stopping point, but your vision is what propels you past what you're, you're going to need something outside of your sight because your sight is going to say that's too far or that's too hard or I can't get there or I don't see it. So you got to be pushed by a vision. You have so let's, to. Let's talk about that when we talk yeah, about beliefs. your journey. Yeah, your beliefs. You're saying, yeah, yeah your beliefs. Yeah, go ahead. Because you, because you're nailing it. So let let let's integrate that lesson right there. Because I know that our viewers and you know our good friends and our crew, everybody here has something they're struggling with. And like you said, when you're looking at the things in front of you that are reasons you can't succeed, mm-hmm. those reasons become excuses, mm-hmm. and then you go into victim status and you say, I can't. Now you had a beautiful thing that said. You know, a Campbell never quits. You had a few mantras and things in your head, that beautiful one that you just stated about, you know, your vision propels you. Those seem to have been gospel in your brain. Not everybody has those things that they believe. So for me to take a vision and say, I'm going to be or do all that and make this grandiose vision sounds crazy when I'm saying, but I'm not even at the starting line yet. So let's talk about that. You've, you've gotten you know, whatever you want to talk about it, mm-hmm. karma, luck, whatever. Mm-hmm. You lost your scholarship in a way, and now you got a scholarship. Here you are at San Diego State. Hey, maybe you could play in the NFL. Maybe you could do all these things. Maybe you're back on track. Let's talk about what that looks like, because now you've got this vision that says, hey, maybe I will go do all that. Let's talk about because that vision is about to carry you further yeah. again when your sight is lying to you. Yeah, I, I want people to always remember what I told them about the 12 year old boy. The, the 12 year old boy is now in his 20s, but at the core of the boy, it, the boy never forgot what life showed him early, which was that this is going to be tough, which is that I'm going to push you constantly. But the boy always remembered that if he just stuck with it, that life did show you little bright, even if they were small windows, Life did show you that you may fall, but you're, you're going to get back up. And, it, and you, you may get up with less, but you, you will get there. And, and so what I found that was that everybody else thought my life was crazy. In junior college, I'm telling guys talking that I'm going to get out of here in one year. Still, I, I'm telling people I'm going to get a scholarship still. Um, and they think it's it's nuts. They think it's bananas. But I had just developed something within me that I'm going to speak it and I'm going to do it, even if even when it doesn't make sense to the rest of the world, because I recognize that by this point, I'm cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I'm just crazy. I'm the one outlier. But that's but that's who I am. And I'm I'm good with that. Like, that's who TC is. I'm, I'm good with that. I know I'm a little off the rocker. And so I had learned that this is just me and this is who I am. And nobody else gets it. Nobody else understands it. And I'm weird. I was the kid who grew up reading comic books and eating honey buns. That was weird. Um, I was, you know, being black and it, like it was all weird. So I was OK with that. By the time I got to college, I was OK with that. So when when I when we played BYU and the last game of my junior season, by this point, I got switched to fullback. I didn't care. I got switched to a total new position. I didn't care because I was getting I was just there. I was committed to a team. I was selfless. And I enjoyed the fact that I made it to this journey. Y'all don't view SDSU like I did. Y'all know I went through hell to get here. You have no idea. 
So if a coach says do extra like this, I'm like, bro, that ain't no problem. You know what I went through to get here? I'm here. So I wake up out of bed after BYU. I fall flat on my face. We all go to sleep every night and we expect to be able to walk when we get out of bed. We put our feet on the floor. We expect like our day is going to go. Imagine getting out of bed and you try to stand to your feet. Instead, you stand, you fall flat on your face and you can't feel your arms. You can't feel your legs. You can't even speak. That was my life. In the blink of an eye, after playing a Division One football game, that was my life. I ended up getting uh, sent to La Jolla Scripps Memorial Hospital. If you know anything about La Jolla, California, it's a place you want to go see the seals. Yo, you want to go to the beach. You want to see all these nice, gorgeous homes. I got sent to La Jolla for the first time to go to a hospital so they could look at my brain because I can't speak. I have an uncontrollable neck jerking twitch and there's paralysis down the right side of my body. I can't feel anything. The day before I was playing a division one college football game, I get diagnosed with a disease called multiple sclerosis. I had no idea what that was. I'm 21 years old in a brand new city, brand new state, no friends and no family present. When they diagnosed me, the only thing I asked the lady was like, can I still play football? Understand that with this disease at that particular time, there weren't many African-Americans that have that disease. On top of all that, I'm a I'm a fit athlete. I'm 220, 230 pounds at that time. I don't look like I have multiple sclerosis at all. But because I made a commitment to my team, because I made a commitment to getting an education, because I had a vision. All you had to do was tell me, like, what is it that? OK, this is another hard hurdle in my life. This is another one of those like aha moments. Okay, God, I got you. I'm still got to keep pushing because this is just going to be a part of my journey with life. Like this is what that 12 year old boy went through and is still going through. Nothing has changed. The surrounding now I'm in beaches and next to in and out burger, but the story and the narrative is still the same. And so when she said that, I was like, can I still play football? I was like, yeah. So what would you tell What would you tell what would you tell that 12 year old boy now? If I could talk to that 12 year old boy would you now, give that 12 year old boy now, all I would say was nobody's going to believe you. People are going to think that you're crazy and they're going to try to belittle you. But one day you're going to use something that nobody else in your family has. And that thing is going to change the world. And your, your things that have caused people to chastise you are the same things that are going to be what people applaud you, just like Christopher. You'll get your roses. They're just not going to be for right now. But they, you will get them while you're living. And that's what I would tell them. And so that's, that's my story, y'all. Like, I, I got multiple sclerosis. First person to ever played Division I college football with MS. They said, are you going to quit and go home? I said, no, I'm going to do this. Why? Because there's another young black kid who's coming up somewhere who's going to get MS, and they need to know that just because they get it, it doesn't mean that they have to quit. It was never about me. Like, it wasn't about me in junior college with Jamal. It wasn't about me. It was about helping somebody else. My MS journey was not about me. That's why I was able to play. That's why I was able to do all the things that have been done. That's why I'll be able to use the story. Because it's never been about me. It's been about how do you help somebody else? And if you help others get what they want, watch this. Life will always provide you with what you need. Let that marinate on somebody's cerebellum right there, Scott. If you yell, if you help... If you give people and help them get what they want, life will always provide you with what you need.
So you are so on point. And what I'd like to do, because we can sit here and keep talking about this, I, I want to direct this in a certain way. And then I want to sit down um, and do another show because we'll do another show. But I want to talk about this. So many kids out there, and I know you receive this too. So many kids out there right now say, I want to play in the NBA or I want to play in the NFL. And their teachers, the first thing they say is, you can't do that. Shut up and go to class. So I'm going to tell you what I tell those students. I want to hear you and Chris tell me what you would tell those students. And let's talk about that. Because so here's what I say to them. I say, awesome. You guys are going to play in the NBA. What does Michael Jordan look like in sixth grade? What's he doing? Is he the first person to the gym? Is he making sure he never misses a foul shot, even though people don't think that's important? Is he working on working without the ball? Is he in the, the weight room? Is he working on his diet? And they say, oh, I don't need to do all that. I just want to play in the NBA. And I said, no, 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 no. I want to help you get to the NBA. But if you want to be there, you've got to listen to me. So you could literally take a group of 36 kids who were told they were worthless. And I say, today we start the journey to the NBA. Today we start the journey to the NFL. And my point is you and I understand the value of sports, camaraderie, of team, of coaching, that we can take all those lessons and that resilience and everything from it and bring that into life. And it's a flawless parallel. So when teachers or adults deny the opportunity to take the journey of sports, they're denying the opportunity to create a non-slave, a free thinker, a person who's going to go out and build the world, but still be a great teammate. Let's talk about what that looks like because you lived it. I lived it. Um, let, let's go there because all the things that I'm hearing is you couldn't fail. Like when, when, when that was gone, something big was going to be there because you're already a winner. Like your dad said, there's no such thing as a quitter. You're a winner. So this is, this is all a winner does. Oh, though I'm not playing that game anymore. Well, let's win at this game. It's nothing. It's not even a big deal. So how do we create winners? How do we help? And I'm going to define winner as somebody who finds their brilliance, because we'll talk a little further. You told me how you found your brilliance. Let's you, Chris, and I engage on how do we create winners, even when they think they just lost the biggest game of their life? And how do you get people to become that winner, that person who finds the brilliance and share it with the world around them? Wow. Chris, you, you, you come with me. I think it all goes back to it goes back to, again, the thing that my father took time. Are we hearing people? Are we listening to people like when you are, are you are you hearing somebody or are you listening and do you showcase sympathy in life or do you have empathy? Uh, and, 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 and come on, like empathy is when you actually put yourself in somebody else's shoes to try to understand. Not necessarily feel sorry, but to understand this kid wants that that young man or that young lady wants that. OK, cool. So let's define that. And let me put yourselves. Let me put myself in your shoes first before I start killing your stuff, because it didn't work out that way for me. People kill dreams and those things matter. Right, man. Those things matter. So for me. It's the whole changing of, of conversation. It is it is coming with an ear to listen and a heart to serve, not an ear to hear, but an ear to listen. And it is it is about empathy. And I think it's just a lost thing. But I feel like, Chris, those things come back to to love. I feel like that's what it I feel like that's what it comes back to. It's the same symbol that you showed me. And and I think a lot of people don't necessarily know what love looks like. Um. 
I think there needs to be a further education of what of what love looks like because it shows itself in so many different ways. But but I think you can begin to develop those things when you listen and, and when you when you take time to actually show empathy towards towards people. Um, what is what is love to you? For, for me, love, love has always been um, somebody who, who took the time to believe in me. Just believe like and it doesn't even have to be anything eloquent. Somebody who said you want to do that. And just like you said, Scott, you can. But in order to do that, these are the steps you got to take. But once I knew somebody showcased that nine times out of 10, when you showcase to people what you got to do and it really is something that they're passionate about. I feel like they're obedient. And that's another word. I feel like people you have to be obedient to the steps that you have to take. Because we never got to where we are by ourselves. Christopher just talked about a man who came into his discipline. life and, and set in discipline, set himself straight. So somebody, you're never as alone you think you are in life. Somebody is going to be presented. But if you are willing to be obedient and if you can't be disciplined to what somebody is giving you, then you're going to be stuck. And life will not, I repeat, life will not feel sorry for you. So and we go ahead. I was just going to say, so all your, all your, all your visions, all of my visions, maybe not all. Yeah. Many, to Christopher. <laughs> I, I, go ahead. I'm sorry, Scott. Go ahead. No, most, most of our visions get derailed because of what you said earlier. We create the vision. Okay. And it gives us a trajectory. So our illusion, you know, what we're seeing with our eyes is I want to be a division one football player. I want to be a D one basketball player. I want to be this. I want to be that. And Literally, what that is, as long as you find your brilliance and you find your purpose, that why, that spark, it's a trajectory. Maybe the reason I'm learning basketball, you're learning football, is exactly what we found out, is because we understand the, the idea of teamwork. We understand the idea of what working with a group can bring to people, and we learn about resiliency, so then we can get on a stage and use our mouth in service to others. And so... I know you're laughing because I know it's it's so much the truth. And literally, like if you, okay, let's go back to when we we're 12, that little boy that lives in us. And if you said to that little boy, you're not going to be in the NFL, you'll play D1, but there's going to be some crazy crap going on and you're going to have some, you know, disabilities in some sense, but you're going to be a speaker. You'd be like, what are you talking about? Like if you said to me like the same kind of thing, like you're not going to go, you're only going to go this far and then you're going to be like just talking to people about sports and life lessons. I'm like, that sounds so crazy. But that's the point. The point is we did everything. We were obedient to lessons. We listened to the coaches. We understood how to move without the ball. We knew what we had to do on our off days. We listened. That's the thing where I think so many people miss. Create the vision, create the trajectory. Just don't get deeply emotionally attached to that's the be all end all. That's what you're doing with your mission in the moment. Let's you, Chris, and I talk about that because that's a hard thing for people to process, I think, because we create a vision, we create a goal, and then when the universe punches us in the face and we don't achieve that goal, we think that goal was the goal and we don't understand it's the journey within the mission that's aligned to that, but there's something bigger than that goal. Let's, let's, let's explain that to everybody because I see a lot of people get lost at that point and they say, well, I had a vision, but it got crushed, and now I, I have nothing. And I'm like, then you didn't really have a vision or a purpose, because if you did, you would have just pivoted and kept going. So let's talk about that. 
all my all my life of reading those comic books, um, I wanted to make an impact on the world. I thought that football was the way I was supposed to do it. It wasn't so much about making it to the NFL to do make money or whatever, you know, whatever your average for me, Tyler, internally. It was always about reading those comic books, people saving the world, making an imagination, people helping. I wanted to use my platform to be able to help somebody. My grandma, my pop, yo, my mom always try to help somebody, Tyler. Always try to help somebody. Okay, I, I do that through football. You run, you score touchdowns, it brings people joy. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And so um, what it was for me is I learned to be open to what life had for me. But not know, knowing and understanding that I don't know what the man up above got and I'm dead on. I'm tired of trying to figure it out. What I will do is I will have my same ethic and my same core values that I will bring to the table every day. And I'm going to consistently take a leap of faith because I'm exhausting myself mentally trying to figure out what it's going to look like further down the road. Um. And I learned I mean, my openness, bro. You, sometimes you just have to find a new approach to an old dream. So it was it was looking different. But I also learned that I was going to make an impact in other people's lives. Why? I was always a team captain. I was always a team captain elected. I was always a leader within the locker room, leader of men. I was helping people get their degrees to become first generation college students. My trajectory, I started to see that football was like this big. Because I could take people who are from different backgrounds. I come from the suburbs, bro. I can take people from different backgrounds and we can rock with each other. We can see eye to eye and we can grow. And so I started to see those things like, bro, football was giving me the tools the whole way through. It was giving me the tool of people. Holy smokes. And that tool, you can turn that into a monetary something. And guess what? It don't require no bumps and no bruises and no cuts and no concussions. Nothing like that. And multiple sclerosis can't even penetrate that. Um, so that was that was that was that moment to be able to be OK with finding a new approach to the dream, because sometimes it doesn't look the way you envisioned it. But always be open and never pass up on the little opportunities, because if you're so narrow minded as to how you think it will look, you'll miss out on Christopher and Scott, who's standing over here saying, hey, come here with me. I can introduce you to these individuals who run a nonprofit over here. Or I got a, a great job interview over here where you can meet people and you'll be rising through the levels of your company. Or watch this. Hey, your wife is my best friend, but you don't know it right now. But you're so narrow focused that you you didn't even take the time out for your friend to meet her his sister. Mm -hmm. And that was your those were your blessings. Those were those were your trajectories of the journey that life was trying to put you on, but it didn't work out the way that you wanted it to. Your creator know that you can't have what you want to have all the time because you won't get to where you want to be. <laughs> you, won't, you, you won't get there, bro. If he gave me everything that I wanted, Chris and Scott, bro, alternative school would have just been the first stop. 100%. I get yeah, it. Of, of many all right, others. So, all right. It's time, to, it's, 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 time, it's time to wind this party down. Got to respect your time. Got to respect everybody else's time where it's Memorial Weekend and everything. So um tyler what you've shared with us tonight has been amazing the passion the authenticity the transparency the energy of what it is you're sharing if you had a microphone to the world and thinking about everybody everybody has gone through covid this last year and they're struggling with finding who that is they truly are 
what advice would you give them? And let's round out the show so we can end it and um, get on with uh, celebrating our freedom. Hey, and this is real. You, you're talking to somebody who has lost a total of 10 people through COVID. So I don't want people to think that this is fluff. My pain, my pain, and my heart, I wear it on my sleeve. If you look all around, if you look at people who have been battling things, um, the individuals who've made it through, they always held on to hope. I look at my people in particular. Hope has always been something to prevail. So if you have hope, hope is what creates room for determination. If you are determined about something and if you are focused about something after you have hope, that makes room for a positive attitude. And ladies and gentlemen, through hope and determination, and if you have a positive attitude, watch this. There's no limit to your altitude as a human being. So if you don't have anything else in this world and hope does not cost you anything, just continue to cling to the hope that things will get better. And over time, hope will create the determination and the will. Then you have the positive attitude that's going to come from your will. And with altitude, yo, there's no limit to what you can be, what you can become, and who you can touch. So just hold on and stay with hope. That's it. I love it. I love beautiful. it. Love beautiful, you guys. Beautiful. Love you too, brother. <laughs> love you guys. All right, Chris, man. I have nothing else to say. I'm going to let Tyler finish that. I'm not even going to add any more words. I'm going to let him finish that. So I think it was all beautiful. So, so, so go ahead. No, I was just going to say, where can people get a hold of you, Tyler? Yeah, um, all social media platforms at, at, at TC Speaks 32 is right there. And uh, you can visit my website, IamTylerCampbell.com. Otherwise, I'm just somebody who's ducking the hail out here in, in, in Texas, just like Scott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little crazy right now out there, no doubt. So I love you guys. I want you guys to have uh, um, the best yeah, Memorial Day. Like same. Um... Oh, he's got sun. He's yeah. out in California. I'm jealous. He's got that Southern Cal. I'm, I'm jealous. I know what that's like. Thanks, son. It's beautiful. Actually, 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 I got to tell you guys, I, I was supposed to be back at the pool like 40, like 15 minutes ago. Oh. Like I'm out <laughs> with my family. So um, he's rubbing it, he's rubbing it in now, Scott. He's rubbing it in. Peace, love, blessed. Hey, I, I pay for living in Southern California, so... Hey, Tyler, so much, so much gratitude to you, brother. Thank you so much for being with us on the Unfiltered Experience. We definitely want to have you back on for more conversations, not when I'm sitting here at a campsite. God's truth be told, um, the delay on the video has been like 10 minutes. So I've been listening. I can't watch the video, but I, so I've been listening to everything that's going on because the video is so choppy. That's the only way I've been here, here, able to hear this conversation. So absolute brilliance. Scott, what are your final thoughts on this uh tyler hang out in the, the back room and we will end the show but brother thank you so much for being here with us i'm just happy to have people like tyler and you in my life and i know that everybody here in the unfiltered crew feels the same way we've got some amazing people and i want everybody to go out and do what we're supposed to do on memorial day think about those people that have been lost in our lives in the efforts to maintain freedom and one more thing i would like people to do today and this weekend is don't just think about all those people who have been lost. Think about the changes that you can make in yourself so we no longer have to fight those fights because it all starts with you. And I'll leave it at that. So, so true, Scott. And Glenda says right here, 
Bye, you all. Love and peace. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have the opportunity to set forth in this conversation to be a different person than we were when we came into this conversation. Tyler shared a lot of brilliant thoughts of what we can do to execute on what it is that we see the change that we want to be in this world. And that starts with the decision that we start to love ourselves first. Scott, you teach us so brilliantly. You can either look through the lens of love or the lens of fear. It's your choice. It's my choice. And I find that more times than not recently in the last two weeks, when I sit there and go, oh, I'm like, how do I look at this from the lens of understanding? How do I look at this from the lens of empathy? How do I look at this from the lens of, of love? And pretty quickly, I can kind of just ascertain, like, I'm making this out to be a bunch of bullshit that doesn't even make any sense. So I'm going to let it go, and I'm just going to be in the moment. So for me, those are my final thoughts, brother. So thank you for having Tyler with us. What are your final thoughts? That's it, man. I love you guys. You guys are all wonderful. Have a beautiful weekend, and um, we'll catch you next week. Jump into it. <laughs> awesome. No filter crew, we love you guys. Go out there and be the change you want to see. We love you guys. Ha, ha, ha.